blood. Is that right? Okay, I charge you. How's that? I charge you. Go listen to that message. It'll change your life. It will change you. If you don't understand about the blood fully from Scripture, did an overview of the Old Testament, went into the New Testament, I'll review then just a little bit because it's important that you understand that spiritual truth about the power of the blood of Jesus and why it's powerful and why there has to be blood and on and on and on and on. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if you didn't get all prayed up before you got in the pulpit, no sense starting now. I got a word from God for you. I want, to, I want to revisit the first part of this because I really feel like it is a prophetic word for the body of Christ. Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars in her head. She was pregnant, cried out in pain, and she was to give birth. I talked about last Tuesday... And I say again that the woman represents many things, but for the prophetic word that I feel God has impressed upon my heart for our church and for the, prophet, for the body of Christ, God is going to give us, we're the women, the, the woman, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. He's going to clothe us with the sun. He's going to give us radiance. He's going to give us power. He's going to give us authority. He's going to give us, going to put glory on his church like never before. Standing over the moon is a picture of standing over the things of darkness, having authority again. With a crown of 12 stars is a, a picture of apostolic authority and government. I think the role that the church is going to have in government, and even behind the scenes, there's things that happen behind the scenes that many of you know nothing about. God has people in, in, in different places. He has people in set places at Kairos moments to minister to people who are in authority. And He's bringing one man down and raising another up. That is what He is doing. And I, you know, don't, don't be dismayed. Listen, I want to tell you, I, I'm not worried because of the, the, Dow, the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the NASDAQ. I'm not concerned about what's so much. I mean, I'm concerned, but I'm not scared. Whenever there's darkness, I just need to say this for some of you. Whenever there's darkness, love you guys. You guys are great. Whenever there's darkness for the believer, oh, let me say it this way. On that Friday when Jesus died on a cross, it was dark all over the planet. The rocks broke. It was dark, but it was right before the brightness of His dawning. It was right before the resurrection. And you might be in darkness, I don't mean spiritually, but in a fight. You might be in a war tonight, and in darkness, you ought to start shouting because God's going to come through for you. He's going to come through for you. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him whisper to you. He's going to come through for you. So here's this woman, representative of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. 
She's pregnant. I believe we're birthing a new move of God. I believe there's coming a, a, a great birthing of revival. And another sign appeared in heaven, it says in verse 3, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. And on his... Pardon me. Seven crowns on his heads, and his tail swept a third of the stars of the sky and flung them out to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour the child the moment it was born. So here's this enormous red dragon, and it is Satan. It is the devil. He stands before the bride of Christ trying to devour the next move before it happens. Now, I've said this many times before, but if you read the Monday morning sports page after Sunday's big game, you find out how a particular sports team was able to overcome and win the championship. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, hypothetically? So this is like Monday morning after the big game happened on Sunday, or Sunday morning after the big game on Saturday, however you want to look at it. They overcame the enormous dragon. They overcame the devil. They overcame Satan. How? By the, by the blood of the Lamb. That's the first thing. Everybody say the blood. Overcame him by the blood. The second tool of warfare or weaponry that God has given us is the word of our testimony. Everybody say the word of my testimony. We are at a war. We're at war. Satan is a formidable adversary. The seven heads and crowns is a picture of uh, political power that he uses to, uses to rage against the world. The third of the angels, as we read, what many believe is those to be the demons. A third of innumerable is only a third. Two-thirds are for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? More than are with us that are against us. Amen? Satan means accuser. Devil means slanderer. He deceives the whole world and he's stinking mad. The devil don't like you. He hates you. And he comes in various ways to deceive us. How do we overcome? So we talked last week about the blood. In review, just for a moment. The blood, according to Genesis 9, has life in it. Everybody say the blood has life. The blood has life in it. So without the blood, there is no life. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So we talked about how the blood has life, and it's the blood of Jesus, sinless, blameless, blood of Jesus that cleanses us. Not the blood of bulls and goats. And we read Hebrews. We read different places in Scripture to talk about that. And really, you need to go get it. You can sign up to get a, receive our podcast by going to the website, kcalaska.com. You click that, click subscribe, and it'll, it'll ask you how you want to receive that, and so on and so forth. Uh, we're doing a much better job with that now. It's updated after every service. 
Uh, we've been using that. It is free. We do sell CDs of our conferences and things like that. But the podcast is being used mightily by God. We have people in the villages, people in the lower 48. I've gotten phone calls on the blood message saying, Pastor, that just set me free. I'm telling you, you need to go hear it. The Word of God is powerful and effective. Amen? So the, de- the devil's defeated. Everybody say, the devil's been defeated. And it says in verse 10 of Revelation 12, Now have come the salvation, the power, the kingdom of our God. Go ahead, look in your word, unless, of course, you memorized it. If you memorized your word and you're just using your memory to access it, then if you could come and pray for me that I might be able to memorize my word by, by the end of this week also. Amen. Praise God. Turn in your Bible, Revelation 12. Look at verse 10. Now have come the salvation. Everybody say, the salvation. The the salvation, the power, the kingdom of our God, and the authority of Christ. It talks about, basically, what the is an article. He's not talking generally. He's talking specifically about the salvation. What salvation? The sozo of God. Now has come the sozo of God. To who? To us. I'm going to tell you that the cross is not preached enough. Shoot. Maybe we should talk about that for a second. You know, the cross is central to our Christianity. It's not cute. It's ugly. And, and we have taught, or I should say the body of Christ has taught, you know, that victory in Christ comes real easy. All you do is just receive Jesus. I, I noticed something in my life. For me and my wife, I'm entering into an all-new season of favor like I've never experienced before in all my life. I'm walking into an all-new love relationship with the Lord and with my wife that is beyond anything that, that, I can, that I can personally express with words. I cannot tell you what's happening in my life. It's so deep and so profound. And, and I'm, I'm even testifying right now. It's deep and it's profound. And I... Jesus didn't save you so you could have family time in front of your TV for four hours watching some defiled movie and call it a time with God. That's really good preaching right there, Pastor. That's, that's the bomb right there. I heard a preacher say this. My kids might not be on the, might not be on the championship soccer team, but they know how to raise the dead. Look, I'm all for sports, but there has been a lie that we have, that we have bought that, that ministry's hard. Can I tell you something? Ministry's not hard. Serving God's not hard. Loving Jesus isn't hard. Hard is the way of the transgressor, my Bible says. Hard is, is without God. Hard is doing it without His favor. Hard is doing it with, with no anointing. Hard is doing it in the arm of the flesh. Hard is trying to put it together yourself and trying to figure it out. You ain't smart enough. You didn't go to school long enough as if you could. And we have sold a bill of goods to people saying that just receive Jesus and everything's going to be okay. And wrong. That might get you to heaven. I mean, receiving Jesus gets you to heaven. Gets your sins forgiven. But like I've said, if you're just supposed to go to heaven, baby, you drop dead the second you got saved. So we're left here to have life and life abundant. And, and these things, the salvation, the kingdom, the power, the authority of His Christ. We're left here, why? To basically be His ambassadors. 
to be his ministers of reconciliation. Come on, a police officer that steps off of a, off of a curb to stomp a Mack truck with no confidence. He might not have put on his white glove. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a major city. Anchorage is really not major. Sort of a city. I don't mean to like poke fun, but I mean like New York, L.A., Chicago. I'm talking millions of people. There's not even a million people in Alaska. We're going to get them all saved. Somebody say amen. Okay, I'm talking millions of people in a really tight group. of People drive crazy. If you're a police officer, a police officer that's given traffic duty and you go to step off the curb, baby, and you don't have any confidence, you are going to get run over. Because there's people that just dress like cops. No, for real. Major cities, they're just like, you know, he's wearing a compact. It's just a guy. When they come out of police academy, they're trained so that when they get in front of that, that Mack truck to stop it, they point their finger at it, they put their finger, they, they put their hand out to stop that, and then they look for the, they have confidence. That's what we're supposed to be like. You know the authority you have in Christ by how you use it. The early church, I mean, I'm just kind of rambling all over the place trying to flow in the Holy Ghost here. I've got no notes for you on purpose, but I hope you're taking some. The church in the first century met all the time. And it wasn't because they were afraid of going to hell. They came together all the time, house to house, breaking bread, praying, they went, to, they went to the temple at hour of prayer. They met house to house. They met in synagogues. They met publicly. It wasn't because they were afraid of going to hell that they had to have church. They were on fire. They couldn't hardly wait to go to church. There was such an anticipation. And it wasn't so much about who was preaching. Oh, Peter's preaching. You know he's a good preacher. It was none of that. There was such a fire, such a hunger, such a passion for God that they couldn't help but get themselves together to worship, to let the power of the Lord come, to see what God would then do in their lives. And it says that God added to the church daily. There was thousands and thousands. You look at the book of Acts, and then it stops counting. It says multitudes. It's not exactly convenient to be a disciple Your flesh doesn't want to walk by faith. Your flesh doesn't want to pick up its cross daily and follow Him. Your flesh doesn't want to put itself down. But what I felt like the Lord was saying to me, even on the way over here, about overcoming... One of the what I'm walking into, and what I see others, friends of mine that are walking into, a greater love and a greater intimacy and greater glory, as the word says, is not by accident. What are you saying? I'm saying I crucify my flesh every day. I don't put filth before my eyes. I watch what I see. I watch what I read. I watch what I do. I watch my mouth, and not so much because I'm trying to get something. It's just, I can only say that it's a grace. I, I, I'm driving, driving here with my wife. I got my two kids in the back. And I really feel like the most blessed man on the planet. 
I mean, I got stuff going on. I got black mold growing in my house. Jesus help me. You know, I mean, I got some challenges. I got things we're believing for. I can't believe we're not 5,000 people and in six services on Sunday yet. I don't know what's up with that. You know, I got things that I haven't seen the fulfillment of. But at the same time, God, by His grace, has so hooked my heart. And I don't want to, I don't want to be seduced by anything in the world. And we're just going deeper and deeper in the things of God and holiness and the glory of God's coming on my home. He's, he's coming on my marriage. And I'm saying, oh, 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 such knowledge is too good for me, too wonderful for me. And I'm telling you this, not like, I don't hope you don't think I'm coming off arrogant. It has nothing to do with arrogance. I'm not being arrogant. I don't have anything to do with it other than I said yes. How big is your yes? How much do you want joy? Any joy that you come have coming in your life that comes by some other substitute means other than what is ascribed in the Word of God is a pseudo-joy. Holy cow, I'm going to say it again. Any joy that you have that comes into your life that doesn't come by that which is ascribed by this book right here is a pseudo-joy. It's, it's not even the real thing. The same with power. The same with, with wisdom. There is a wisdom that comes from the world, a wisdom that comes from God. If you want to see heaven break out in your life, it will not happen by you just doing it your own way. It's my life. I can do what I want to. That's probably because you ain't saved. That's why you think that way. Because once you do get saved, your life ain't your life anymore. We talked about that. You say, well, I don't want to give them my life then. Well, you're deceived and you have the devil on you. We can break it off later in the service. Real peace only comes by knowing Christ, walking with Him. I don't know, it just seems to be seems to be getting clearer for me somehow. I don't want anything else. Enough about me. Let's get back to the Word. Word of our testimony. Come on, somebody say the Word of our testimony. You have influence on the lives of people by the words that you speak. And either you are on God's building crew or you are on the devil's wrecking crew. Which crew you on? Mm, yeah. We have an opportunity to speak forth God's word and create an atmosphere and environment by which God can then come in and touch people. We overcome him, talking of Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. The first thing is... Okay, we'll give you some points so we can say we did it. All right? The first thing tonight is, one, the blood of Jesus. You've got to go listen to the message. I don't have time to go into the whole thing. But if you don't got that right, you don't have any power, you don't have any authority, you've got nothing. And you just left in your sin. You've got to understand that the blood of Jesus is real. You can plead it before the court of heaven. It has power. There is power, power. Wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb, of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There's power. 
I love the blood songs. They're songs of a bygone era, but they need to come back. I want to sing some more blood songs. Make a note. Blood. I want some blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. At the cross, at the... Okay. Come on, somebody say the blood. Number one, how to beat the devil. How to give him a fat eye, a fat lip, black nose, and a, br- a broken nose, and a black eye. A black eye, a broken nose, and a fat lip. How to do it. Here is how to do it. How to overcome the ugly one. How to beat back hell. How to do it. Number one, you've got to have the blood of Jesus, first of all, or you have no authority at all. Everybody say the blood. Number two, the word of your testimony. The word of your testimony is very powerful. When I walk into a place that I begin to feel darkness, I just begin to testify to the truth. If you ever walk in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen, you begin to feel fear. You you don't feel the presence of God. You feel the absence of God and and maybe the presence of evil. I've walked into homes. I've walked into places. One of the very first things I do... Is I just go, praise God, thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross and you rose again from the grave for me. Thank you, God, that I'm covered in your blood. And I know that you know that the devil knows and all of his demons that he's defeated and I have power. <laughs> I testify. I testify. I, I'm going to tell you the gospel has power. It binds demons. It, 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 the, the angels come to look in on the things of salvation. There's angels here. There are. How do you know that? The, my Bible tells me whether your hair is standing on end or not. Whether you got goosebumps, chicken skin, or you don't feel anything and you want to go home and eat. It does not matter. I'm telling you, there's angels here. Testify. I think about David and how he overcame Goliath. What did he say? He said, I have slew the lion and the bear, and I'll take down this uncircumcised Philistine too. He testified, hey, God was with me when I killed that lion. It was a big lion. It was a strong lion. I killed it. Yep, with the help of the Lord. And the bar. He killed the bear. He didn't have a forty-five seventy. He didn't have a sawed-off shotgun. He didn't have a five. You ever see those five hundreds guaranteed wrist breakers? You ever see those things? It's got a barrel on it that's like that. What is that? Just totally break your wrist. One bear might die. He didn't have one of those. He didn't have. He didn't have a giant weapon to kill the bear. No, he had the Lord bigger than a forty-five seventy. He had God, His power, His anointing. Come on, he had that, all of that. He faced the lion, he faced the bear, and as he stood before the uncircumcised fathead, he said, I killed all of them, I'm going to kill you too. He testified of what God had done. Okay, this is a little bit bigger than a bear, but he figured with a head that big, how can I miss? He thought differently. Think about Naaman, the great Syrian commander. 
He had, he was, he was a great man of valor. And then the text says, and he had leprosy. He's there in his home, and one of the maids, a captive from the, from the land of Israel, says to his wife, Oh, I would that we were in Israel, that my Lord might see the prophet and be healed. What did she do? She testified. The devil had come upon Naaman with infirmity. Sickness and disease, illness is always from the devil, people. There he was, a leper. Had everything going for him. But he's dying. And somebody testifies, hey, there's a prophet back in, in my home country. If, if we were there, he would speak the word of the Lord over you and you'd be cleansed. He hears that and says, it, it releases faith. It releases faith. How was he able to overcome his, his, his ailment, his leprosy? He heard the word of the testimony of some young maid. We don't even know her name. I love stories like that. The nameless one. He just has, oh, there's a God. There's a God in Israel. He goes and becomes the Big Dipper. Seven times he dips. Not six, not five, not four. He had to overcome some of his pride. He had to get slapped around on the way. Thank God for his, one of his servants that said, Hey, you better listen to the prophet. Obey the prophets and prosper. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Spirit gives life. John six sixty three, Talking about testifying. The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. God can use you to release words that have the Spirit on it. What, what kind of words are that? Man, when I was lost, I was so hurting. But I met Jesus. And Jesus came into my life and He delivered me. He set me free. He healed my broken heart. He broke me free of addiction. He called me. He saved me and gave me a life worth living. Ah, That's got life on it. It's a testimony. What has God done for you? What has He done for you? How has He provided for you? You want the devil broken off of your life? Start talking, baby. Start talking. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't just sit there and take sucker punches. Plead the blood of Jesus and testify. 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 When's the last time you told your testimony? See, sometimes we get so bogged down in the, in the muck and mire that we're in right now that we forgot that, that God ever did anything for us. Look, amnesia is a recipe for a disaster for every believer. Spiritual amnesia will kill you, baby. Some of you forgot already. Where were you when you got saved? What was that like? Do you remember when you were really on fire? I mean, you like waved down cars and stuff. For real. No, I, For fun, you know what I used to do in Hawaii? I, if I, I would be in my house and I got this, 
I, I need to write a book on it. I, I, th- I call it offensive Christianity. Because I, I can't stand just, I bind you, devil. Ah, I bind you. I bind you. Ah, ah, I'm not into that. Now, I'm into all. I'm into walking in authority. I, and, and I'm going to obey what God has told me. I'm not going to hide under some, some, I'm not going to hide under my sheets and Shandai Shuba until Jesus takes me home. I'm not going to do that. I'm into offensive Christianity. If the devil's got you all scared up in a corner, you've already lost. You've got the devil on you already. Hey, that's good preaching. So I used to, I used to be in my, in my little place at 295 Aohana in South Kihel, Kihei. <laughs> I used to call it Kihel because it's so stinking hot. Which I appreciate deeply right around February. Anyway. So I'd be there in 295 Aohana. And I'd just be like, my skin be crawling. I just have these tweaked thoughts. I'd just be going nuts trying to renew my mind, reading my little scriptures on the wall. I'm talking when I first, you know, got saved, started following after God. My whole house, my whole apartment is covered with loose leaf pieces of paper and magic markers, scriptures everywhere. You came into my house, you thought you came into like a Christian asylum or something. Nice decoration everywhere. Victory scriptures and stuff. And, and when I start getting messed up, I just start reading them. I start reading them and I go, shut up. I'd read another one. Ah, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. The man who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. Ah, I got self-control. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll battle with wings as eagles. And before you know what I was doing, a jig, I was worshiping God. And I have victory. Some of you think it's just going to hit you one day in the side of your head. Wake up. You've got to fight for the right to party. In the Holy Ghost. What was I saying? Offensive Christianity. Testimony. Beating up the ugly one. He's already been beat up by the blood. But you have to, like a cop, step off of the curve of life and tell him to go back to the hellhole that he came up out of. You've got to point your finger, your prophetic finger in his face and say, Leave my family alone. I have authority over you. That's it. Read that scripture right there. Go ahead, read it. Some of you will get that on the way home. I used to sit in my house, and when that didn't work, and I couldn't quite break out of my 295 torment, I would just say, I'm, that's it. I'm going to get you messing with me too much. I'm going to get somebody saved now. And I would literally, there had been times where I'd run out of my cottage, ran out to the street, and waited. I'm like, Lord, just give me a Filipino man on a bike. Just, right now. Come on. Give me ta-ta or na-na coming down the road. They're going to get... And it wasn't even like I had compassion. I was just all... Where are they? Because they're going to get Jesus and I'm going to get free. And then they're going to come. They'd be riding their bike. They'd come up along and I'd see them turn the corner and I'd be waiting there. And, and it's happened a number of times, but I remember one specific time. This guy comes. He's like, 
he like crosses the other side of the street. That ain't going to stop me, baby. I could walk across the street too. So I walked across the street and he came back across the other side. Of, started coming. I go, wait, 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 wait. He said, what? I said, I got to tell you something. He's all, okay. I told him about Jesus. And I began to tell him simply from a selfish point of view that I didn't want the devil on me anymore. And I realized if I began to testify, the devil let me loose. I began to testify. I want to first of all tell you that Jesus died for your sins, rose again from the grave. Not really the most anointed moment. But he's like, okay, thanks. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he could probably see the demons on me right then. He drove off and I went back. Ah, give me another one. I, did, I said this in my heart. I said, if you mess with my house, I'm going to mess with yours. Learn to testify. Learn to overcome the ugly one. Learn to overcome Satan. Learn to overcome the devil. Learn to plead the blood of Jesus over you. Rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and begin to swing the five-fold fist of heaven and nail him. Push him back to the hellhole where he came from. Demand that he turns you loose. Demand that he turns your kids loose. Demand that, hey, I'm preaching better than your amen and come on. Demand that he turns your city loose. Demand that he turns your block loose. Demand that he turns your business loose. Demand that he turns your body loose. Demand that he cuts loose of your life, your family, your business, your ministry. In the name of Jesus, you have no rights. Go! When's the last time you got an attitude about it? Well, I just want to be a nice Christian. I'm going to tell you, nice Christians don't ever win. There's a time to get on fire. It's right now. Overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. The second part is the word of your testimony. What has God done for you? Look down the, the highway of your life and let all of those deliverances and healings that He's done, the salvation that He did for you, let it be like signposts on the highway of your life and you begin to read those things and declare what God has done. Don't take no for an answer. Don't turn loose. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. He will flee. He's got to go. That's the word. And if he didn't leave yet, if he didn't leave yet, you ain't done resisting. And I, you know, I was lifting weights years ago at a, at a program called Teen Challenge and I wasn't a counselor. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I've got a bunch of weight on there. I don't know, like 600 pounds. I'm kidding. Evangelistically speaking. I don't know. It was a lot of weight for me. I don't remember what it was, but it was a lot. And I had it up and I was, it was a max for me, but I was working out all by myself. And so I used to play games. I still do it with the Lord. You know, how much, how much, how harder can I go, God? I'm now at the end of myself. Now can you help me do this? I do that, I play, I play that game all the time. When I hike, when I work out, I, I'm just, it's a thing I got with God. Lord, I'm at the end of myself now. Give me strength. Lord, right now, when I'm weak, you're strong. I play those kind of games with, with myself and with God. And as a result, when you resist, you get stronger. See? Okay. But it's true. You get some talk, not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. Amen. 
to go. I got to. I get Jesus. I am sweating like a. I was going to say a hog, but sweating like a lamb. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say testify. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Thanks. So there I was at Teen Challenge, about to push my max. I had nobody to help me. It's not a good idea to push your max if you've ever weight trained without a spotter. Because you can get pinned. So I got the weight up. I went to let it down. And I went to get it. I was halfway. And it was just frozen, not moving. Arms trembling. God! It was all... And my chest started to cave in. I happened to not be able to... I didn't really know this trick back then. You could actually dump all the weights on one side and then throw it off of you. I know that trick now. So there I was, resisting and losing. Pinned. Started to hurt, in fact. So as I'm pinned, I'm just help! It didn't work. I had to keep screaming. Finally, Bubba, some big guy, came out and helped me. If you're in the midst of a battle, there are times where you're going to have to yell for help. That's part of testifying too. Hey, I want to testify. I need some help. <laughs> help me. God, help me. I'm going to get this thing all wet and I'm going to throw it on somebody according to Acts 17. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh! Praise God. <laughs> oh, where's my wife? See, we need my wife down here. I get in trouble without her. Praise the Lord. I want you to look at a scripture, Revelation 19. And I'll close, maybe. Somebody say the blood of the Lamb. The word of my testimony. When's the last time you testified? When you testify, it releases spirit on your words to bring life. You want God's building crew or the devil's wrecking crew? Whose crew you want? What have you been speaking over yourself? I can't do it. Well, welcome to the Can't Do It Club. Merry Christmas. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's hard, but with the help of the Lord, I can. In my family, we have, we have a curse, a curse word, which is quit. We just don't quit. There's, there is no such thing as quitting. You do your best and forget the rest. You're going to do your best. You're, you will not quit. There is no such thing as quitting. You won't hear my kids say it. If you do, you can just come and tell me we'll take care of it later. I'm half kidding, but they know we don't, we don't quit. We're not into quitting. I can't. You know what I can't means? I can't means I won't. That's what it means. Come on, say amen. I can't. I can't do it. No, that means you won't do it. I can't serve God. No, you won't serve God. I can't tithe. No, you won't tithe. Because you're stupid. (laughs) 
has happened tonight. Lord, help us. I was going to try to be dignified. (laughs) Revelation 19. Are you all there? (laughs) The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Let me break it down for you very simply. When you testify, it it releases a spirit of prophecy. When you testify about what Jesus did, how how many of Jesus has done something for you? When you testify about that, come on, let me have some popcorn testimonies for those of you bold. Give me, Jesus did this for me. Quick, stand up, say it. Quickly, quick, right where you're at. What did Jesus do? Come on, ears are healed. What did Jesus do for you? Set free from asthma. Hey, come on, who else? Come on, he brought a puppy back to life. God cares about dogs. When you testify like that, it releases, it releases an anointing for God to do it all over again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you say that my puppies came back to life, let me just tell you that right now, that very word, simple as it might be, is going across the airwaves. God brought some puppies that were, de- I'm talking rigor mortis. We heard the testimony. Rigor mortis. Stiff and cold. Brought them back to life. Eating, drinking, nursing, the whole thing. Back to life. They're alive today by the power of the name of Jesus. Now, that testimony, that testimony has just gone out. Now, let me tell you, the next time you come across some dead puppies, you will remember that. And it's for the purpose of bringing forth faith that you would stand over the puppy and say, Yay! Puppy, rise! But it goes for everything in your life. Asthma, go. Cancer, go. Disease, go. Divorce, go. Addiction, go. Depression, go. Anxiety, go. Everything that the devil puts out, God has been healed of somebody somewhere in here. And if you can't find it, you'll find it in the Word. Leprosy, blood disease, emotional problems. No matter what it is, when you testify, it just kicks the devil's booty. Amen. Micah, would you come? Woo! Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Now that you all know it, stand up on your feet and sing with all your heart. Ready? One, two. Barry, come and help me. Ready? One, two. Two and a half. Two and three quarters. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Say it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. I can't hear you, come on! Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Just the congregation go! Let the redeemed. Shout to God tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's power in the blood. And there's power in your testimony. Start running your mouth about what God is doing. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Tell your wife. Tell your husband. Tell your kids. Don't stop. Don't shut up. Don't let up till you see the breakthrough come in your finances, in your emotions, in every area of life. I've done this. God, I've known you freed somebody from this. You can free me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You can open your eyes. You know, I'm going to testify, but I feel like it's um, for somebody specifically. Barry and I have been married 25 years. Uh... We hit the seven-year mark and uh, found ourselves a year later, 12 days from a divorce. People look at our family now and they're like, oh, that's the coolest family. Power of God saved our marriage. He didn't just, he didn't just save our marriage. He didn't patch something together that forever was wounded and broken. He renewed, He restored, He healed everything. And there is someone here, and I don't know if you're going to want to come tonight because it's so personal, but the same God that did that for me and my husband, He wants to do that for you. And if if your spouse already left, my spouse had been gone. And I was in a little church like this one in Dixon, Tennessee, where the power of God had begun to move. And I got on my face right there. And I interceded for hours, all the while moving towards a divorce. And that night, right there, my husband was four hours away, went to the altar, and went. And we were ministers. And he went and he said to the pastor, I have ruined my life. And the Lord began to do a work. And 12 days before our divorce was final, I called my lawyer and I said, i got to wait. And I haven't spoken to him since. My daughter, Hope, the Lord named her Hope. And she's full of God. And God told me she was born during that time. And she was born during that time. And the Lord said, if you'll, your heart, when we reconciled, I was like, God, how is she going to accept that her daddy walked out and didn't even want her? And God said, her heart will reflect your heart. If you'll let me heal you, it'll never be in her. And she loves her daddy. She's gone all summer. When she calls, she don't even call me. She looks like him. She's daddy's girl. Bo came after. Her name is Bo Victoria. Beautiful victory of all God that did for us. And I don't know if you want to come or not come, but you know you have power to speak into your marriage. We were one flesh. He had no choice but to line up with the Lord because of me.
because I stayed faithful and because I said, God, I want everything. My husband came into alignment with what the Lord wanted to do. If you want us to pray for you, Barry and I will pray for you. But if you can't do it now, just know. And we'll share again with you. The enemy can't hurt me with that testimony. I don't care if people know I was a minister and we were almost divorced. But whatever. I want to I want to share something that, uh, that the Lord has been showing me. Uh, we just had our granddaughter, uh, our first grandbaby was born. Um, pastors talk many times about generational curses and how if you've got someone in your in your family lineage that committed adultery or, or those type of things, that you got to be careful. My father was a minister and he walked out on my mom when I was five years old. And I don't know anything back beyond that as far as my grandfather or anything like that. But God gave me a promise. The day that I bowed my knee and said, God, I've tried to serve you on my own. I've tried to serve you in my own strength. I've tried to minister the gospel in my own strength. And look what what it got me. It got me 12 days from losing my family. And God, I don't want to serve you that way anymore. And God changed me. I had my Damascus Road experience. But I, I remember the service when God had me turn and look at my oldest which is my son's our son Zach and God gave me a promise he said that which your father passed down to you that you almost repeated identically has been cut off because of your commitment to me when my granddaughter was born I held her in my arms at our home and I prayed over her and I said this is one more Haggerty that has come into this world that is going to serve Jesus And that generational curse, the things that the devil stole from my family, from my father's side of the family, and what he tried to rip off from me has been defeated. And there's one more Haggerty that's going to make a difference in this world. So I'm testifying tonight that what God did for our marriage, He can do for yours. And what God did for me by showing me that if I was willing to say no more, no more, that all that stuff that had been passed down from generation to generation that had haunted me as a young child, as an adult, as a married minister of the gospel has been cut off. He can do the same thing Come for on, you. Somebody the enemy hallelujah. is defeated. Now here's what I want to do. Service is almost over. It's about 9.02. There really is nothing on TV that's edifying, I'm sure. At least on most channels tonight. Why don't you? Some of you Some of you are here. You've got. You've got a... You've got to shout in you about something in your life. In other words, you want to testify that God, no more. This thing ain't happening. No more, devil. I'm commanding you to take your foul talons out of my kids or my family or my finances. Begin to testify what God has done, He can do again. What He's done in other places, He can do right in your life, right in your home. What He's done at other times, He can do right now. If you've got something, whether it be a, there's a, God wants to touch a number of married couples. So if you're married, you want prayer, wants you to come. Uh, Y'all just pray over it when I have that. You're also, and you want to be, if you just want to stand and testify about what God's going to do, prophesy over your own life. Just rush the front right now. Come on. Come on, if that's you, over your business, come on. You want to testify? Just come and have a good old altar time. Married couples, we want to pray for the married couples, the Haggerty's will pray for them. Married couples, you just come holding yourself. That's how we know who you are, all right? The rest of you all, Come on, start testifying about what you want God to do. What do you believe He's going to do? What's He going to do? What's He going to do?
Wow, he's going to do a lot for you, huh? I can hear it. I'm overwhelmed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Out loud. Come on. Are you ready? Come on. Come to the front. Come on. Come, come, come. I know I'm shoving you. Proclamations and declarations are out loud. They're, I mean, they can be in your heart, but the power of your word spoken with spirit on it brings life. Darkness has got to flee. You're going to believe God for something. Come on. Come to the front. It's just an altar time. You're just going to pray, make some declarations. We're going to close and we'll be finished. All right. Come on, just talk to God. It's between you and God. It's not so much about me praying for you. That's not it. Come on, you go. You come testify before God and His angels, before Satan and his demons. What's He going to do? Overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Testimony. Yeah. Come on, those of you online, those listening by webcast right now, agree. Start testifying. What has God done for you? Build your faith and then testify. What is He going to do? What's He going to do? He's going to save you. He's going to heal you. He's going to touch you. He's going to touch your marriage. Come on, cancer, got to go. Prophesy. You're the prophet over your own lives. The very words I heard you say, as it says in the book of Numbers, that I will do. The tongue has the power of life and death. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on, what's he going to do? Say it. Say it. He's going to free you from addiction. He's going to free you from lust. Come on. Say it. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. almost over. Now these things that we teach you and impart to you, take them and plant them in the soil of your life. It's not just something you do in a service and go home and go, wasn't that nice? Put this in your arsenal to beat the ugly one up with. Look, here's the thing. I remember years ago I did a, a very long fast at the direction of the Lord. I went up to a high point, what's called Mo'o, on the island of Molokai. And as I stood up there, I got Dr. Morocco on my next telephone, which I got delivered from, praise the Lord. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You feel my pain right now. Anyway, it had a good speakerphone. I put Dr. Morocco on a speakerphone. I put that thing on a rock. I happened to call him. He knew what I was doing. And he was in the middle of a men's meeting. And he says this to me, Pastor Daniel, here's what we're doing. We're just enforcing what Jesus has already done. Now, that one of the keys to spiritual warfare, so you don't get weird on me, is to understand that all we're doing is we've gotten out of academy school like the police officer in the beginning of the message, and we're stepping off the curb with the authority of the blood of Jesus. We're pointing at the Mack truck from hell, and we're telling that thing, Hey, you stop right now. You look for the next thing you need to deal with. You have authority. 
But if you don't use it, nothing will happen. So you're not, you're not getting out there and saying, I'm bigger and stronger than you, devil. Give me your best shot. No. Everybody say no. No. You have zero strength outside the strength of God and the blood and the power of Jesus. And so when you come in spiritual warfare in overcoming the devil, first it's by the blood of the Lamb. That's not your blood. Hello. Although you will resist. Amen. It's the blood of the, the second thing. And we'll get to the third. We'll preach the third one next Tuesday, okay, by the grace of God. The recipe for how to beat the ugly one. How to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by the... You can be in the middle of an outhouse at hell. You begin to share and testify and speak what God has done. It will release faith for you to overcome all that's around you. So you walk on out of that place, not even with the smell of smoke. Did you get it? Testify. Look, I got, a, I got bookloads of testimonies now. In the beginning, I just had one. That's all you need. You can have somebody else's testimony that you use. You don't even have a testimony. Take somebody else's, use it, and beat the devil over the head with that thing. Amen? Did you get anything from God tonight? All right, good. Stand up on your feet. Let's pray. Brother Barry, would you pray for them right over there? I'm going to pray for these married couples. If you want prayer, come. I want you guys to come get prayer, come. Come on, you married people. Just step up. They'll pray for you. Come right here. All across this place and those online, if you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him. If that's you, you don't know for sure whether heaven is your home. If you die, God forbid, tonight, you don't know whether your sins are forgiven, if you're washed, if you're cleansed in the blood. That's the first thing. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him all across this place. Those under the sound of my voice, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer right out loud. Just right where you are, say, Dear Jesus. Come on, right out loud, say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. We pray for you. Holy Spirit, come touch Phil. Let, let this message now not just be something that happened on some Tuesday night. Let it become a weapon in the arsenal of your people. That we might overcome again and again and again by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let people begin to testify, to speak words that have the life of Jesus on them. To, to testify of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, and release your power to heal the sick, to raise up puppy dogs. Lord, to raise up people, asthma deaf ears to open, blind eyes to see, the power of God to be manifested. Raise up people like that maid who testified to the, to the woman who told her husband Naaman, there's a God in Israel who can heal the sick. There's a God in Israel who can raise the dead. That nothing's impossible with God. Jesus is alive and He's on the throne and He's defeated hell, death, and the grave. There's hope for you. God did it for me. He can do it for you. Come to Jesus. Come to the cross. 
Come to find real peace and real joy. Come with me to church. Bow your knee with me and receive Jesus and be freed of your guilt and your anxiety. Be set free. Testify. God raised people up in this place to testify for the glory of God to overcome the evil one. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We hope to see you Sunday morning. Get involved in all the different things that are taking place. Praise God. Friday night. Be prepared. A little less than two weeks. John Harkey be with us. Next Tuesday night, I'll preach the third part of that series. You don't want to miss it. Invite somebody. Praise God, everybody. God's on the throne. The devil has been defeated. It's good news. Amen.